Hi, I'm Bobby, and I'm your friend who knows just a little bit too much about pop culture. Welcome to your weekly meeting of Pop Culture Fanatics Anonymous. So, as you could tell from the sound of my voice, the dulcet tones of my voice, that I am still a little bit sick. Last week, I was like, oh, I'm just a little bit under the weather, and boy, did that escalate once that podcast was done. My gosh, I feel like I have had every symptom under the sun. And uh, I just want to say, you know, there's a new there's a new COVID strain that's surging right now. So please take care of yourself. Be safe. Continue to mask up because it's crazy. It's crazy out there. So, but feeling good and feeling a lot better than I did last week. So really grateful for that. This week's episode is going to be pretty cash. Uh, you guys know Emmy noms came out. So that's what we're talking about today. But of course, we have to do opening minutes because I have been a shell of a human being for the past week. I haven't been completely up to date on what's going on, but I've been keeping some tabs on just kind of some general happenings in the pop culture world, mainly being that it seems like a lot of people are, I don't want to use the word turning on because it feels, it feels weirdly, uh, like culty but like a lot of people are I guess doing a bit of a 180 when it comes to Taika Waititi it feels like there was the the recent release of Thor Love and Thunder and a lot of people were just like oh this is not Taika Waititi's best not his best it wasn't that good blah 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 I was supposed to go see it last Thursday but clearly because I am infirm I didn't but I'm just it's been crazy just to see the the backlash because a lot of people liked Ragnarok and I feel like with the Marvel MCU crowd now the concept of franchise fatigue is starting to set in and they're fighting it tooth and nail and they don't even realize that they're fighting it i've seen a lot of people talk about it myself included just the idea of being fatigued by a franchise and i think marvel has really put that to to the to the test pretty much we went from having you know like one prop like max two show like two movies a year and you were able to kind of, you know, really sink your teeth into it and find things that you liked, find things that you didn't like. And it wasn't a big deal because, or it was a big deal because it, it felt special. But now we're on our, our, what, like our second, third big release of the year for Marvel. And it just is like, I think people are getting fatigued by it and they don't realize it especially with the addition of the television shows along with it like people are getting very tired and I think there's so many factors that go into that I think the fatigue of the tv shows the the movies and then you know if you peruse social media like if you're on mcu tiktok then you're kind of inundated with that and so you're just constantly inundated with this with this stuff and it's not to the fault of anyone who makes mcu tiktoks of course because like that's just their niche that's what they've chosen to do but the kind of sum total of all of that is a lot so yeah just the sum total of all of those things it can lead to your audience just really being tired of what they're seeing and it doesn't come at a 
a dislike of the thing that they're seeing it's just simply seeing it too much and i think that's where we're, we've headed a lot of people have talked about the kind of momentum in which the, the mcu is kind of operating at right now is unsustainable and i kind of have to agree to a certain extent you know i have definitely been a person like i started with the mcu in 2012 with the first avengers movie and from then on, I was pretty like faithful to seeing new releases, you know, good and bad. But then as I got older and I, you know, started to consume media outside of the MCU more, I had to get very choosy with what I was taking in from the MCU. And I just stopped wanting the urge to see every single thing kind of waned for me. Um... And I think that's kind of what's kept me in the MCU fandom for as long as I have, because I'm like, I'm not going to see everything. If it's not of interest to me, it does not serve me to go and see it hated and then berate the internet with my hate of the thing that I knew I wasn't going to enjoy in the first place. And I do think that that leads into a whole conversation of how does fandom function in this kind of current day and age. A lot of people talk about when fandom becomes a career, you know, like when you, when your job becomes to be like a hype man or woman for something, you know, like how does that change your perception of how you interact with the with the content like can you talk can you interact with it in a critical way can you choose to not talk about something like you can't and i i i understand that that kind of that play firsthand because like i'm adjacent to doing fandom as a career even though it's not quite the same for me because i don't watch everything as you guys well know but I have friends who like they tend to lean more on that side and so I see it and I understand it so I think with this whole I can't speak to whether the criticism of Taika Waititi and this movie is wrong or right I have no idea because I have not seen the movie yet but I know I'm going to enjoy it because I loved Ragnarok and I say this as someone who watched the original Thor movies and I was like yeah they're fine in in the in a time when it was not okay to like them mind you lest we forget but i i like ragnarok and i feel like if it's taika waititi it's fun it's funny it's heartfelt i'm probably gonna enjoy it and so i'm i'm hoping that that's the case and i could not care less if the internet does not like it because they didn't pay for the ticket i did so i am the only person who needs to like this movie but i digress it is what it is the internet mainly twitter being weird as it always is but yeah so that's kind of that's kind of it on the on the home front of of our opening minutes but i figured i would waste no time of course you guys know we've talked about it and i've done a whole episode on on my my nomination predictions which i will say i'm very proud of myself because i if you guys go back and listen to that episode i think i was like four for five or like five for six there was only one one thing that didn't get nominated but the actor did get nominated for something different but of all the ones that i mentioned i think all of them got the nomination so i'm just saying i'm very proud of myself but without further ado we're gonna get into emmy nominations you guys know the emmys are a very big deal to me um it is this is this is my this is my sports really i i'm when we go into the different categories and stuff you guys are going to see that i talk about this in the way that like 
like people who love football like get into the nitty gritty of analytics like pick six and if this guy just was in this position and then they could throw in it yeah that's me with emmy predictability stats all that stuff so very excited for this episode i'm not gonna lie to you i'm pushing through illness to talk about this with you guys and so i hope my voice is not too much of a distraction but if it is not let's get in to our 2022 emmys nominations breakdown all right so you guys know I am, I'm a comedy girly down. We know this. So a lot of this is going to lean a little bit more comedy heavy, but that doesn't mean that I don't have opinions on the drama category because there were certain things that happened that I was a little bit, I was a little bit shocked by. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little bit stunned at some of the choices. Just say it. So we're kind of going to, we're going to flip back and forth here. I would like to start out with very quickly for the drama series. I'm going to list the nominations. So if you have not heard them all in full, here's your chance. whoop de doo Drama series, we have Better Call Saul from AMC, Euphoria from HBO, Ozark from Netflix, Severance from Apple TV+, Squid Game from Netflix, Stranger Things from Netflix, Succession from HBO, and Yellow Jackets from Showtime for Outstanding Drama Series. Now, this list feels right to me. I don't see any real standouts other than the only standout that I saw that I was a little bit like, hmm, by was Stranger Things. Uh, From a couple perspectives, it doesn't, Stranger Things reads to me as a show that is, it, it leans on trying to be kind of like Emmy's bait, but also is not, you know, like it seems like it's something that is so genre specific that it almost wouldn't be getting the nomination but i'm i'm happy that it did you know variety is the spice of life no one wants just the boring drama every single time if you could put a drama in there that works with genre in a fun way and you know has some cool characters and the fact that the cast is led mostly by children i think that's great so you know props to stranger things but i did i was just like huh interesting and also I was talking with a friend about it and we were just kind of divulging like interesting that Stranger Things got the nomination and the second half of the season just came out so what does the eligibility look like there because usually the eligibility like I said in the nominations predictions episode was that it usually tends to run from about like June to May so like June of the previous year to May of the the next year And so I was curious about what the eligibility looked like there. Maybe it was a situation to where they just had to have the entire season like submitted by a certain time and then they were going to release it later. I'm really not quite sure what the what the situation is there, but they they met the eligibility. So they got the nomination. So props to Stranger Things from this list. If I had to pick one of what is going to win, I do have there's a couple of ways we could go about this and this is going to be the case for a lot of these categories i do see succession taking it again kind of the incumbent winner for the past couple of years the the crown isn't here so succession has a pretty good chance <laughs> a pretty good chance of winning 
but I also see some sleeper hits taking taking the the win too. I heard this last season of Better Call Saul was really great. I see Severance kind of being a sleeper hit taking taking the outstanding drama series, and I also see Yellow Jackets doing really well too. I do see Squid Game, but I do think Squid Game might take more of the acting categories versus the show as a whole. But of of this list, I'm thinking. I think my my one to win is probably Succession, but I do think Yellow Jackets, Severance, and Better Call Saul have a really good chance of, of taking it as well. So we'll see if I'm right. I have no idea, but we move on. And we're going to move on to my favorite category, the category that is stacked. It's stat category it happens every single year, but this year just feels, ah, it just feels so crazy. Outstanding comedy series. First up on the list. We all knew it. I knew it. I've known it since the show premiered. Abbott Elementary from ABC, Barry from HBO, Curb Your Enthusiasm from HBO, Hacks from HBO, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel from Amazon Prime Video, Only Murders in the Building from Hulu, Ted Lasso from Apple TV+, and What We Do in the Shadows from FX. This is a stacked category, guys. This is a stacked category. The category is, how you say, stacked, like a pancake. Short stack. It's, this is an, this is insane. All of these shows are so good. So good. And it could go so many different ways. So many different ways. Once again, you kind of have the incumbent winner with Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso took home Outstanding Comedy Series last year. It was kind of like a, it was almost a Ted Lasso sweep with a little bit of interruption from Hacks, almost following the year prior, which we had the shit sweep, which changed my life. So we could have Ted Lasso coming in for the win, but we also have some pretty strong contenders this year that could take it off of its off of its pedestal i think they could go the route of it's not a comedy but it's really good with barry barry is a comedy in a very loose sense one of my friends said it in a very good way which was barry is a drama that stars bill Hader, so that in turn makes it a comedy even though he is not playing it in a comedic way if that makes sense so i could see it going the route of barry now barry has been nominated a couple of times i think for almost every season that it has had it has been nominated so it is kind of a a it's been here before but it could be different because I heard this past season was really, really great. I could see Hacks taking outstanding comedy series. I think a lot of people really love it. I think it's really good. I could also, I could also see Only Murders in the Building doing really well. The new season is out, so it's pretty relevant in the minds of voters. And depending on how this new season goes, I think that could be enough to send a win for it. The kind of ensemble cast of Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, I think was a big surprise for a lot of people. And I think it really paid off because the three of them have absolutely phenomenal chemistry. We will get into the snubs later in the episode, but just know that that is coming up. But yes, I, I don't know. Only Murders in the Building can take it. And Let's be real. My my favorite to win is Abbott Elementary. I think Abbott Elementary poses the biggest competition to Ted Lasso, if I had to be honest. I think it is a show that is fresh. It is a show that is fun. It's funny. It's smart. And I think it is what the, the Academy voters are going to be drawn to. I think that's what they're going to be looking for. So I 
I have no idea. I really have no idea. This could go so many ways, but my favorite to win from this category, of course, is Abbott Elementary. I'm rooting for it regardless, but yeah. But this this outstanding comedy series is always a just insanely packed category. It's always a bloodbath category. But this year, especially some crazy competition in this category moving on we have limited series i haven't seen many limited series so i don't have a ton of opinions here but if you just want to know the nominations here they are for outstanding limited series we have dope sick from hulu the dropout from hulu inventing anna from netflix uh pam and tommy from hulu and the white lotus from hbo this is hulu's category hulu do- loves loves a limited series so i if i had to predict i'm thinking maybe the dropout might take it home but I could also see the White Lotus doing well and I could also see Dope Sick doing well so I don't really have too many opinions there but I've heard a lot about the dropout and Amanda Seyfried's performance in it was was really really good so that's all I got there moving on to lead actor in a drama series we have Jason Bateman for Ozark Brian Cox for Succession Lee Jung Jae for Squid Game, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Adam Scott for Severance, and Jeremy Strong for Succession. Again, I am not a drama girly. I don't have a ton of opinions here. I do think in this category, like I said, Squid Game might not take outstanding drama series, but I do see it doing well in the acting categories. I think Lee Jung Jae has a very good chance of taking lead actor that's in this category, but I could also see it going to one of the succession guys as well. That just is what happens. But also Adam Scott for Severance. I, I can see that happening as well. And then also we have, again, you know, kind of, academy darling as far as like the show being nominated quite a bit with jason bateman for ozark so this one is really up in the air i have no idea which way it can go but my favorite to win is lee jung jay for squid game for lead actress in a drama series once again not too many opinions here so this was just i'm going with my heart at this point but for lead actress in a drama series we have jodie comer for killing eve laura lenny for ozark melanie linsky I think. So sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets, Sandra O oh for Killing Eve, Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show, and Zendaya for Euphoria. This category, I knew when I saw it, this is going to be Melanie versus Zendaya. I know a lot of people did not love the last season of Killing Eve, so unfortunately, I think that knocks out Jodie Comer and Sandra O. Oh. Jodie Comer has won lead actress in a drama series for Killing Eve before, so it's not all that much of a shock. I have not seen Laura Linney in Ozark, but I've heard a lot of good things. And, uh, but yeah, I've heard phenomenal things about Melanie Lenski. So I think she might be my favorite to win, even though Zendaya, Zendaya is the incumbent winner. But actually, no, Zendaya is not the incumbent winner. I think she won in 2020. So I don't, I can't remember who won last year, but I, I get the vibe that that Melanie might be taking home lead actress in a drama series because I've heard a lot of great things about her performance in Yellow Jackets. And if Yellow Jackets wasn't scary, I think I would be tuning in. But I've heard that it's a little bit scary, so I don't know. But yeah, 
I think I think Melanie might take it home. My second choice, of course, is Zendaya. So she could be a two-time Emmy winner, but that's just me. Moving on, to, we have, of course, we're, we're hopping back to the comedy category. We have lead actor in a comedy series. We have Donald Glover for Atlanta, Bill Hader for Barry, Nicholas Holt for The Great, Steve Martin, Only Murders in the Building, Martin Short, Only Murders in the Building, and Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. This is another really good category, and I tweeted about this, but I can see this going three ways i could see this going the um again for barry the i know it's not really a comedic performance but it's really really good with bill Hader. i could see it going the martin short or steve martin route for only mirrors in the building and i think steve martin might edge out martin short just a little bit for that and i can also see an it going the incumbent winner route with jason sudeikis for ted lasso jason sudeikis is phenomenal in ted lasso so if you took open the win, I wouldn't be all that shocked by it. I think there's a big possibility that Steve Martin and Martin Short split the vote and then it ends up going to a third party, either with Jason Sudeikis or Bill Hader. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know who I want to win in this category either, because here's the thing. I love Jason Sudeikis, but Steve Martin and Martin Short were both nothing short of phenomenal in only murders in the building so i really love both of them and it's i hate when they do this when they run two phenomenal actors from the same show in the same category because it can only go to one person but uh, i don't know i don't know i think to be safe i think it might go to jason sudeikis for ted lasso based off of the split votes from steve martin and martin short but we'll see We'll see. I don't know. It's up for grabs. It is completely up for grabs. Moving on to lead actress in a comedy series. This is a good category, guys. This is a good category. We have Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, Kayla Kyoko for The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning for The Great, Issa Rae for Insecure, and Jean Smart for Hacks. I'm going to keep it so honest with you guys. I see Quinta taking this category. I just do. I just do. I think with this category, we have some great, some great contenders here. Rachel Brosnahan was really great in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She always is. I've heard Kayla Kyoko is phenomenal in The Flight Attendant. I personally love her in a different HBO Max series, and that is The Harley Quinn Show, but I digress. I've heard a lot of great things about Elle Fanning and The Great. And I think I actually want to start The Great because I've heard a lot of good stuff. We also have Issa Rae for Insecure. This is the last season of Insecure and she was phenomenal in it. So I could see it going that way. But ultimately, I do think this is going to come down to Quinta versus Jean Smart for Hacks. A lot of great work being done here. And I feel like... I feel like Quinta might have the win. I just, I don't know. I think her, Janine is such a, you, you just want to root for Janine, even though sometimes you're just like, bless her heart. You're so optimistic and you're so trying, but she's always willing to learn and to grow. And I think that there was a really great performance done here. Now, I'm not going to take away from Jean Smart. I think she's obviously a phenomenal performer, but I do, I do see Quinta taking this category. I'm just going to be honest with you. I really do. Fingers crossed, but... I think this one's going to Quinta. I'm going to be honest. So we have some 
other uh, smaller categories like lead actor in a limited series. Oscar Isaac is up for scenes from a marriage. So I think this kind of leads us into the perfect time to talk about some snubs. We're going to talk about some snubs because in that category, you might have heard, you might not have heard actually me say Selena Gomez for Only Murders in the Building, even though her two co-stars were nominated for lead actor in a, in a, in a comedy. And uh, that was a big snub. That was a big snub. I think the issue is here that I think when you're in a kind of a trio and ensemble cast, kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say they're full ensembles, only three of them. But when you're co-leading with two, two like legacy performers on in the industry, I do think that affects the voters because the voters are not Emmy voters. The Academy of uh, the Television Academy are comprised of people who are in the industry and in all reaches of the industry, and they tend to be a little bit more seasoned industry professionals. Not to say that there aren't young people voting for the Emmys. There absolutely are. But I do think that they tend to skew a little bit older. And I do think that sometimes those performances from younger people do tend to be sometimes lost on them, I would say. It, it's happened before. And when Emmy voters find someone that they like, they kind of lock down with that person for a couple of years. And if you don't believe me, see Julia Louis-Dreyfus's lead actress in a comedy run from about 2012 to 2016 she was raking in the awards every single year so yeah i think that that sometimes can play a role in like who who's gonna get nominated and who is not you know i do i definitely think that selena gomez was 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 snubbed for sure um she is so like if she wasn't so integral to the story especially in the second half if she wasn't so integral to it and wasn't giving such a great performance I wouldn't feel so strongly about this but I do think that that was a massive sub and she she deserved to be nominated for lead actress just like her her male counterparts were but I digress. That was the biggest snub for me. A lot of people were talking about Sadie Sink for A Stranger Things and Jessica Chastain for Scenes from a Marriage since Oscar Isaac was nominated for Scenes from a Marriage. And I think there was some confusion. Like definitely there is probably misogyny afoot with Jessica Chastain not getting the nomination. But I would be shocked if HBO did not put both of them up for consideration. Um, And that I just want to like be transparent that that it sometimes happens so it's not that the academy chose not to honor jessica chastain it is the voters who did not vote for her to get nominated but i'm sure both of them were up for the nomination so let's just say that so it's not the television academy snubbing jessica chastain it is television academy voters snubbing jessica chastain but i digress yeah those were some of the biggest snubs of this year so that should let you know kind of what the playing field is but i feel like everything was was pretty straightforward thus far but we we will continue we're going to keep going with our supporting actresses and actors and then we're going to wrap up here with some closing thoughts so we have for supporting actress in a drama series we have patricia arquette for Severance, Julia Garner for Ozark, Jung Ho Yeon for Squid Game, 
Christina Ricci for Yellow Jackets, Rhea Seahorn for Better Call Saul, Jay Smith Cameron for Succession, Sarah Snook for Succession, and Sydney Sweeney for Euphoria. The big surprise here, I think, was Sydney Sweeney for Euphoria. I was a little shocked by this. I was a little bit shocked by this. I'm not going to lie to you. I do think she did well in this last season. I personally wouldn't have put it as Emmy worthy and I don't see her as the favorite to win in this category but but Sydney Sweeney has already won just by being nominated and I'll tell you why because until until anything changes until she gets like wins a Golden Globe an Oscar or an Emmy she will always have attached to her the front of her name Emmy nominated actress Sydney Sweeney that's a win that's a win that is absolutely a win right there so I think she won in that regard curious the 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 choice to nominate her was a curious one but not a bad one like I said I don't see her as the favorite to win but I think she's this is a good spot for her this is a good look like to be an Emmy nominee is a good look for her so happy for her I really am in this category, I can see it going a couple of different ways, similar to the lead actor category. I could see this going the succession route. I know Sarah Snook is is really, really great in the succession. So we have two people from succession. I could see it going the Yellow Jackets route with Christina Ricci, who I heard is really, really great in it. But I can also see it going the Squid Game route with Jung Ho Yun. And I think it might go that route. I'm not going to lie. I, I do think I might go that route, but I don't know. I don't know. It's up. It's all, it's like I said, it's all up for grabs. It's all a toss up. It's all a toss up. Who knows? And then wrapping up with the drama category, we have supporting actor in a drama series with Nicholas Braun for Succession, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Park Hae-so for Squid Game, Matthew McFadden, McFadden, McFadden for Succession, John Turturro for for Severance, Christopher Walken for Severance, and then Oh Young Soo for Squid Game. This is a big category. This is a lot of people nominated. I feel like this might be one of the biggest categories, but I don't really have any opinions here. I the only performance I have seen is Kieran Culkin for Succession but I do love me some John Turturro so I he's my favorite to win I just <laughs> I just love him he's so he's great in everything that he's in so I'm rocking with him I'm rocking with John because John's rocking with us that's all I'm gonna say moving on to our comedy categories which will wrap up our Emmys nomination talk. Of course, we have previous winner Alex Bornstein for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Hannah Einbinder Inbinder for Hacks, Janelle James for Abbott Elementary, Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live, Sarah Niles for Ted Lasso, Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary, Juno Temple for Ted Lasso, and Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. Who is Sarah Niles? I don't know what that name is. Ah, ah, so happy she got nominated. I did not know she got the nomination. 
If you don't know, Sarah Niles plays the therapist in in Ted Lasso this past season of Ted Lasso, and she is great. Wow, so happy that she got nominated. Okay, I just learned that in this <laughs> in this moment. I did not realize that she had got the nomination. So so cool. Okay, this is a bloodbath category. It was already that before I learned Sarah Niles got the nomination. Bloodbath category. I could see this going the Alex Bornstein route with Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Susie is always the best part of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel to me. So I could that that feels like an apt an apt win for her. I could see it going the elementary route. We have Janelle James who plays Principal Ava, who is hilarious, so funny, ridic- like scary funny. We have Cheryl Lee Ralph who plays Barbara, who is so, she's so funny in her own special way. And she's definitely kind of a a mentor figure to Janine and to see their, their relationship kind of blossom over the the course of the season was really good. But then we got three, three heavy hitters, heavy hitters from Ted Lasso. And we have previous winner, Hannah Wanningham. We have Juno Temple. And then we have Sarah Niles. I do, I wonder why they don't they didn't decide to submit Hannah Waddingham or Juno Temple in the lead actress category. I understand why they might not have wanted to, but I think just to not split the vote like this, I personally would have, I would have submitted Hannah Waddingham for lead actress, but that's just me. Um, Especially in season one, you know, she was a lot more of a, a a prominent lead, but you know, I digress. I don't. This one's hard. I have no idea which way this is gonna go. I do see Hannah Waddingham taking it again. I also see Juno Temple because Juno Temple Keely got a lot more work in the, in season two, so I I see that I see it going that route. But also, Cheryl Lee Ralph in Abbott Elementary was so good. She was so good. But then I see Hannah Einbinder taking it too. Oh, this is hard. This is hard. This is a hard category. I am going to give it to Hannah Waddingham just off of the kind of incumbent, the strength of her incumbency as best supporting actress in a comedy series. But it's really anybody's, it's anybody's game. Honestly, I have no, I I do not feel confident in that choice at all. (laughs) I I do not feel confident in that in the least. Wowzers. That was a lot. My goodness. And then our last category, another stacked category. We have supporting actor in a comedy series. We have Anthony Kerrigan for Barry. He plays Noho Hank, who is so funny. So great. Brett Goldstein. Hey, Brett for Ted Lasso, Tohib Jimo for Ted Lasso, Nick Muhammad for Ted Lasso, Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary, Henry Winkler for Barry, and Bowen Yang for Saturday Night Live. I love everybody in this category. I do. I really do. I love everyone. I would like to give a little, a little kiss on the forehead to everyone in this category. Oh boy. I can see this going to Brett Goldstein again. He won last year. I could also see it going to Nick Muhammad because that man, oh, the way he played Nate in this last season of Ted Lasso. Oh, I wanted to fight him through my screen. He was, he was sinister. He was sinister in this last season. Wow. 
oh, I can see it going that route. But also, I personally would love to see Tyler Jenkins Williams win. That is just a personal. Him as Greg is so, he's so, oh, not, oh, my gosh. The performance, he's hot. It's just a lot going on. It's a lot happening. But then also, I love Bowen Yang. I love Bowen Yang. Oh, this was hard. This is a tough one. But if I had to give it to two, I'm going to say Brett Goldstein and, and Nick Muhammad. Those are my favorites to win with Tyler James Williams, obviously. But those, oh, my goodness. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think Nick Muhammad might be my favorite to win in this category because him him playing Nate in the last season, just to see the slow dissension of the character. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, my goodness. Whew. <clears throat> like I said, that's a tough category. That's so hard, but I, I'm confident. I'm confident in that choice, but that that are that's all of our our major categories for this year's emmys i think it was pretty pretty straightforward as far as nominations wins are going to be another story but the the suspects that i suspected to get nominated were nominated so congratulations to everyone nominated and can't wait to see you in september hopefully in person tiktok i can't wait to see you guys in september and see who wins because it's gonna be interesting it's going to be interesting. Oh my goodness. It's going to be interesting. I have plans on my TikTok to kind of just go through and do kind of like a meet your nominees for some of these shows because I love a lot of them and I think a lot of people should watch them before the ceremony. So stay tuned for that once I am a lot better, which probably will be in the next day or two. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better than I did before. So be on the lookout for that. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, Afternooners. If you don't know, the Afternooners is my name for all of you. So if you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations, you're an Afternooner now. If you want to know where else to find me on the internet, you can find me at the Afternoon Special on TikTok or over on Instagram or over on Twitter at Hi, I'm Bobby. You can also find me on YouTube. I obviously got set back by being sick but still working on my my newest youtube video hopefully will be out by the end of this month fingers crossed that is the tentative date so hopefully i can stay true to that but we will see you guys know how i am about dates with these youtube videos as you can probably tell i didn't spend hours researching this this <laughs> this video or this this podcast episode but i did spend a lot of time just kind of working through and seeing what people were saying we're saying about the nominees so this week's episode was powered by the simpsons that is the one show that i've had on in the background and it's the one thing that's been able to keep my attention for the last week so this week's episode was powered by the simpsons so shout out to the simpsons that was also nominated this this week of course for i think best animated program like it has been for the past 30 plus years but yeah i think that's it i hope you enjoyed this week's chat and that you'll join me again next week for another pop culture deep dive. Later days, friends. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking... Why do we suspend our disbelief? 
You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carlos King, one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television. I am thrilled to announce Reality with the King, where we'll discuss all things reality TV. I have interviewed everyone from Nene Leakes, Teresa Judai and Kenya Moore. Each episode, we will rehash shocking portrayals, honey. Yes! Hilarious shade. And all the drama. Reality with the King podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts.